Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Kearns. Hi, listeners. It's your sometime host, Brad Kearns. And gosh, we've had so many interesting guests on the Primal Blueprint podcast in recent months. I thought we would mix it up a little bit and have a heart-to-heart with me to you, especially if you are interested in cardiovascular exercise. And I did this nice, fast-paced narration podcast that originally appeared on the Primal Endurance channel because it's relating to the importance of building an aerobic base and training properly for endurance sports, uh, promoting the new book, Primal Endurance. But it's a very important general message for anybody that does even a basic level of cardiovascular exercise. If you go to the gym and do your Stairmaster while you're watching CNN or reading a book, or you're doing fast-paced walking around the neighborhood or doing occasional jogging, um, there's a very distinct difference between an aerobic metabolism workout and a workout that gets a little more intense and trends into the anaerobic heart rate zones. Um, The problem is many, many people from casual exercisers up to elite level competitors make the mistake of doing their cardiovascular, their sustained cardiovascular workouts at slightly too elevated of a heart rate. And that tends into the chronic cardio realm that you've heard so much about from Mark on Mark's Daily Apple over the years. So I thought you would enjoy this brief message and hopefully it can help your exercise and fitness goals, the importance of building an aerobic base. Thanks for listening to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Aerobic base building, and specifically regulating your exercise intensity level for your cardiovascular training sessions to be predominantly aerobic in nature. We all know the familiar terms aerobic versus anaerobic, Aerobic literally meaning with oxygen, anaerobic meaning without oxygen, and there's a clear distinction in the metabolic effect of the workout as well as the purpose of the workout based on the intensity level that you follow. So when you're doing an aerobic workout, a comfortably paced aerobic workout, the goal is to optimize your fat-burning system and your ability to process oxygen and burn fat at a comfortable heart rate, a comfortable intensity level. So what happens as you build your aerobic base over a period of time is you get more and more efficient at burning fat and having plenty of oxygen to process to burn that fat. And what happens is your pace gets faster. So that's the essence of succeeding in endurance sports is being a good fat burner and being able to get faster and faster over time through patient and steady building of your aerobic base without the interruption and the interference that high-stress, high-intensity workouts cause. And I think this is um, the biggest problem, the biggest mistake that endurance athletes make 
with that driven, type A, highly motivated, strong work ethic applied to the goal of getting faster in endurance is they conduct their training sessions at a heart rate and intensity level that's usually slightly too difficult and attempt to progress over time when conducting workouts that are slightly anaerobic in nature, slightly too stressful, and henceforth interfering with the successful development of your fat-burning enzymes, your fat-burning genes. So the first thing we need to do is make a clear distinction about what is aerobic and where is the limit of your aerobic intensity and when do you start drifting into the anaerobic intensity levels. And in Primal Endurance book, we uh, call this distinction point the black hole. So when you exceed your aerobic maximum heart rate, you enter into this black hole training zone where it's not that hard. You're still feeling pretty comfortable. You can actually talk. You've heard of that talk test, which is so easy to abuse and misinterpret. Um, But you're going along. You're working pretty good. You feel like you're getting a workout. You're getting a nice sweat. Casual exercisers at the gym are working out in this black hole zone where it's definitely too difficult for them to progress properly. It's too stressful. Uh, But they feel fine, and they go through their 45 minutes on the stair machine or doing a spinning workout or whatever. But what happens when you exceed that maximum aerobic heart rate is you start to get a little bit of stress hormone stimulation. You get a little bit of lactic acid production in the muscles, and you're burning a greater percentage of glucose than fat than you would when you take the pace down by, let's say, 10% or 10 or 20 heartbeats. Um, And so when this happens, when the workout is a little bit stressful, uh, a little bit more sugar burning than it should be, over time, what's going to happen is you're going to compromise your ability to get good at burning fat. You're going to have more difficulty recovering from workouts because of that stress impact of the workout on the, um, on the muscles and on the entire hormonal system. And you're going to be at more risk of challenging your immune system, uh, musculoskeletal system, getting injured, those kind of risks that happen and are routine in the world of endurance training. So, The maximum aerobic heart rate is probably the most important number, the most important concept that you need to carry with you. Forget about all this talk you see in the magazines and books about zone one, zone two, the sub-threshold zone, the zone 3A. It's all nonsense. The most important thing and really the only thing of any great importance is to regulate your heart rate according to the aerobic maximum. And the aerobic maximum definition is the point at where maximum aerobic benefits occur with a minimal amount of anaerobic stimulation. So you're burning mostly fat, you're at a very comfortable pace, and if you were to increase your pace a little bit, again, it wouldn't feel difficult. You're still in that comfortable area where you're not hurting, you're not trying to stick to the guy's back behind you, you're still probably talking, uh, whatever, you're making your way up the hill without your muscles burning and screaming in pain, However, you've transitioned away from a predominantly aerobic workout. Now, if you're into this stuff and you've read, there are several different expert opinions on what constitutes that aerobic maximum. What is the definition? Um, I've studied these for many, many years and know all kinds of the research where um, the Scandinavian cross-country skiers have used the 80% of maximum heart rate. There's some new research that's talking about a laboratory-defined state called the ventilatory threshold, VT. And a lot of experts believe that when you exceed your ventilatory threshold, when you reach that ventilatory threshold, that could be defined as your aerobic maximum. And going any faster, what you see is distortion in the linear graph 
and you see a recruitment of the fast twitch, oxygenated fast twitch muscle fibers. So when those light up and also certain parts of the brain lights up, it's an indicative that you're transitioning from predominantly aerobic into the anaerobic or the black hole zone. Um, that stuff's interesting, but it's also trying to quantify it as a percentage of maximum heart rate. Some of the research says that 75% of max heart rate equates to ventilatory threshold for a novice, 77% for most people, and some elites can go up to that 80% of max heart rate and identify that as your aerobic maximum. After carefully reviewing all this and time testing it over the years, primal endurance is strongly in favor of using a simple, more subjective formula promoted by Dr. Phil Maffetone, author of The Big Book of Endurance Training and Racing and many other books, noted coach for decades long with some of the world's top endurance athletes, particularly triathletes Mike Pig, Mark Allen, Tim DeBoom. And Maffetone's formula is called the 180 minus age to identify your aerobic maximum heart rate. Very simple. I'm a 50-year-old dude, so if I take 180 minus my age, my aerobic maximum heart rate is 130. Now, I've identified my max heart rate recently, and it's way outside of the predicted age, predicted formulas. I've seen a 190 on my watch when doing a 400-meter time trial. So if I took even 75, 77, or 80 percent of max, I'm way above 130. I'm into 142, 146, something like that. And what happened is, now I'm going to be vulnerable here on the podcast and tell you my story of how I royally screwed up my health and my training this year, 2015, with a well-meaning intention to train aerobically, not get into that black hole, build my fitness steadily, as I've been talking about, writing about, and coaching people for uh, you know the last 30 years, and I still messed it up because I calculated an incorrect number based on my maximum heart rate. I took 77% of max heart rate, and I set my aerobic limit uh, early this year, let's say starting in January. I said, okay, 142, I'm not going to exceed that. I'm going to go out and jog. I feel comfortable. It's pretty darn slow. So anybody who's training this manner, when you're hitting 80% of max or 75% of max, um, you're, not, you're not putting up some impressive mile times. And I felt fine, and I worked hard over a period of several months. I was training for my uh, wonderful favorite sport of speed golf. And in fact, I was putting in some pretty good training hours for the first time in 20 years since I retired from the professional triathlon circuit. So what happened was over time, first I started getting fit because if you go from a casual approach to actually putting in workouts, you're going to get fit and anything's going to work. Any spaghetti you throw on the refrigerator wall is going to stick for a while. So I started getting fitter, getting fitter, getting faster. And then I started to slowly, steadily, and surely fall apart, basically. And my energy uh, at rest and during the day started to decline. It started to feel lousy. Uh, my workout started to get worse, started to get tight, stiff, sore, tired, waking up, just dragging and, and feeling declining fitness and all those kind of bummer sensations that we associate with the word overtraining and burnout. It got so bad that I feel like, and I wrote about this in the book in detail, you'll get to enjoy all these medical stories, but I feel like it was a contributing factor to me having emergency surgery for a ruptured appendix in June, that my health was in decline and my immune system wasn't strong, and therefore um, I burned up an organ and was uh, showing up in the ER with severe dehydration and needing a major surgery. Uh, the medical professionals probably wouldn't agree. They say appendix is random, but I feel like my burnout situation from doing 
comfortably paced aerobic workouts that were slightly too fast, slightly too difficult, done too frequently. Again, I hadn't been in real training for 20 years, and then I was out there running you know, frequently every day uh, at this 142 or below heart rate, and I dug myself a nice little hole from being in the black hole with that training. So pulling out of this hole, recovering from my surgery, consulting with Dr. Maffetone, go back and listen to, I think he has three podcasts on this channel. It's wonderful, along with many other appearances on other podcasts. This guy has known the secret for 30 years. Um, he hasn't had the loudest voice out there because he's not an aggressive self-promoter and he's in the music business with a whole other career, but his stuff is magical. And I got back to my roots and, and talking through this whole ordeal with him. And he said, look, those heart rates are too high. I don't care what you did 20 years ago as an athlete because back then my magic number was 155 beats per minute. And that was about 80% of my maximum heart rate. And because of my fitness level and my youth, uh, I was e easily able to thrive and progress and build myself into a high-level elite athlete training at 155 or below. But in fact, even back then, when I was racing on the circuit and trying to race at the fastest paces uh, on the world level, most of my training was way down in the heart rate zones of, let's say, running was 120, 130, 140, and cycling, I would ride from 100 heartbeat rides, 115, 120, just tootling around and having a very, very comfortable day to build my aerobic system without the interruption and the stress impact of workouts that are in the black hole or even too many frequent uh, high-intensity workouts. So back to my example, uh, when I was recovering in the summer and Maffetone insisted that I try uh, the 130 maximum heart rate, I set out there at that heart rate and oh my gosh, it was like you know when you hear that old uh, admonition like, yep, if your heart rate starts beeping, walk up those hills. Well, that was happening to me on the flat. So um, 130 was so slow and so comfortable that I barely felt like I was working out. And I'd actually have to start walking while running on flat ground at a very slow pace to make sure that my heart rate stayed under 130 beats per minute. But consequently, while I committed to this and continued at it for many months' time, what happened was, of course, predictively, my fitness started to improve, and I started to notice being able to hold a more respectable pace at that 130 beats per minute or less, and building, building, building. And when you do that, here's the magical thing that seems counterintuitive on the surface, but when you build up that base, and it becomes time to really hit it hard and deliver a peak performance effort, guess what? It's there. Your anaerobic fitness is there, and you can perform a race pace effort just off of very slow, comfortable base training. And I feel like the, the masses of endurance athletes for many, many years have been too insecure to embrace this concept, even though for the last 50 years, the elites in every single endurance sport, from swimming to long distance running, starting with the great New Zealand runners in the 1960s, under the tutelage of coach Arthur Lydiard, who was the first one to pioneer extreme over distance and aerobic base building training for high-speed track athletes like Peter Snell. Uh, it works, and it, it's been proven effective by the performances of all the world record holders in every endurance sport, where they build their base. They go at a comfortable heart rate for you know many miles a week because they're professionals, and that's maybe not relevant to whatever you have in your bag and the time commitment that you can devote to training. But it's a universal truth that training at a comfortable heart rate will allow you to build your fitness without the interruptions and setbacks from dipping into that black hole frequently 
or doing too many high intensity workouts. Um, on my blog, I'll put the link in the show notes. I have the story of how you know limiting that heart rate to under 130 allowed me to regain my health, most importantly, and in the process, building my fitness as well. So the takeaway points here are you don't need to go into expensive laboratory tests and identify your exact maximum heart rate and come up with some calculation for your aerobic maximum. All you need to do is try the 180 minus your age Maffetone formula. Oh, and by the way, if you're a scientific-minded person, you're wondering, hey, that doesn't sound very scientific. Guess what? The distinction point is not a scientifically validated concept anyway. It's all a rough concept. So the aerobic maximum is sort of a uh, subjective sense of the point where um, you're, you're feeling entirely comfortable. You can recover with ease. You're not stimulating those stress hormones. And we're talking about, you know, it's a range, but you want to be keeping that range really tight. And you don't want to be 12 beats above that range because that is a disaster. And Maffetone asserts this concept too. And he says, look, when in doubt, take the lower number. If you're juggling around and thinking that, oh, my coach or this magazine article says 77% ventilatory threshold, and I noticed my max was 184, and that equals this, take the lower of 180 minus your age or any other calculation and try that. Because you can't go wrong training a little bit too slow, like a little bit more and you're still aerobic. Who cares? Five, 10 beats. But it can be an absolute disaster if you go into a pattern, a sustained pattern of aerobic workouts that are slightly too strenuous and hindering your ability to uh, metabolize fat and uh, minimize the stress hormone production. Okay, does that make sense? And by the way, Maffetone does have some adjustment factors. Um, so if you take the 180 minus your age as the baseline, uh, there's some occasions where you can add five beats to that. If you've been very successful in training and competition with no setbacks, injuries, or anything to speak of, um, it's, it's validated that you can add five beats to that, especially for athletes in the older age categories. If you're a real fit, strong 50, 60, 70-year-old and you do that calculation, you're going to have a pretty low number. But if you're fit, yeah, sure, go ahead and add five beats. But there's also occasions to subtract five or even subtract 10 if you're recovering from major injury, surgery, if you're taking any kind of prescription medication, if you've had numerous frequent setbacks such as injuries, burnout, illness in recent times in your endurance training, you're going to go five below that 180 minus your age. Now, hopefully you're inspired by this podcast. You're going to go out and try it. You're going to set your heart rate monitor and go out and be shocked at how bloody slow and ultra comfortable it is to train at this 180 minus your age formula. So the awakening here is that you have to be patient. You have to trust the process of fitness. And when you get home from these workouts and you actually feel fine, you don't feel that slight foggy sensation where um, you want to hit the nearest carbohydrate source or you're a little fatigued or your back is tight and you're kind of washed out or whatever those moderate sensations of fatigue that come when you do a workout that's slightly too difficult, you're going to feel like you just took a walk in the park. And that's absolutely the idea and the concept behind building your aerobic system. Your aerobic system builds and builds at all the low intensity levels. And then as a matter of fact, and this is, uh, this is definitely scientifically validated in exercise physiology texts, when you're doing an all out race of an hour's duration, you're getting 98% of your energy is supplied by your aerobic system. 
A two-hour race is 99% of your energy supplied by the aerobic system. So all endurance competitions, anything over a few minutes really, is predominantly a function of how aerobically efficient you are. Even though you're definitely up in the anaerobic heart rate zones, it's just the fact that most of your energy is supplied with oxygen, uh, sufficient oxygen and processing energy aerobically. So try it out. Give yourself a few weeks' time to really get into the groove of how great it feels to take care of your body and take care of your health and minimize the stress impact of your routine workouts by slowing down to that heart rate of 180 minus your age. There's some subjective stuff that I mention in the book, like uh, breathing through your nose only uh, or you know, carrying on a conversation that's very comfortable and not getting into an out-of-breath state. But really, 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 you need a heart rate monitor because it's so difficult to discipline yourself to keep that intensity down at the aerobic maximum. So that's the best way to gauge intensity is the heart rate. It's been proven for um, 25, 30 years that uh, all the top athletes are using that. And that's an essential for your endurance success. So strap that unit on, set the beeper alarm, and keep it at 180 minus your age and build your aerobic system steadily over time. If you have any questions or comments, send them over and then we'll talk about them on future podcasts. So it's just info at primalblueprintpublishing.com. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear about your successes when you're dialing things back and regulating your heart rate. Thanks for listening. This is Brad Kearns for the Primal Endurance Podcast. Looking for a nutritionally balanced, low-carb meal on the go? Want to take the edge off hunger and sustain your energy until your next meal? Primal Fuel makes Primal Paleo-style eating quick, simple, and delicious. Healthy doses of high-quality fat from coconut milk, protein from ultra-high-potency whey protein isolate, probiotics from artichoke, healthy fiber, and only 6 grams of all-natural carbs per serving in a delicious and incredibly satisfying shake. Quick, easy, cost-effective, and convenient. Primal Fuel comes in tasty chocolate and vanilla flavors packed with 20 grams of the highest biological value protein per serving and six grams of soluble prebiotic fiber primal fuel is perfect for any occasion breakfast lunch dinner or as a snack or dessert tempt your taste buds today visit primalblueprint.com to order in 15 day or 30 day sizes